Hi friend, my name is Amy Joy and this is the Make Pro Beautiful podcast. I was talking to Janine Mason at one point and she shared about how her pastor in New Zealand had them do an exercise where they would, the way she described it is almost like you, you think about the Holy Spirit and if you can imagine like you're a a dam or something and the water is pouring in behind you. It's like you're storing up the goodness of the Holy Spirit. And then at some point you're going to release the dam and the, that sense of the Holy Spirit is going to flow out of you. I mean, it does say that, uh, the rivers of living water will flow through you. So this is not an unscriptural thing. It's just not something most of us have really had much practice with. And so I was captivated by this idea of, you know, what does it look like to to imagine or to think about the Holy Spirit in me and that I'm kind of not storing him up, but kind of, you know, kind of like a battery or something that you build up the spirit inside. And so I appreciate it that she said, you know, my New Zealand pastor just said, you can practice this, just try it. And then you can release. So it's an interesting thing. I invite you to try, see what that feels like to you. I also really appreciated a story then that was on a similar vein. I was at Bethel Healing School and Joaquin, I think his last name is Evans, he had started the healing rooms there at Bethel maybe back in the 2007 era, maybe a little before that, but sometime around there. And he said, you know, when we got started, we didn't really know what we were doing, but the scripture did say to pray. So <laughs> we were ready to pray for people. And he said, we prayed and we prayed and not a whole lot happened. And he said, my team would come and they might spend four hours praying over someone and they would be whew, just like really tired by the end. In fact, he said, you know, they might be leaving worse off than the people that had come for prayer, you know, like, please give me some of that oxygen. I need a little boost. And so, you know, he said, Lord, this isn't really working. I don't understand what we're doing wrong. And the Lord said, when you have figured out how to enjoy my presence in my company so much that you forget that there are sick people waiting, then the the move of the Spirit is going to be evident or something along those lines. So he was kind of like, well, all right, what we're doing now isn't working great. So I'm not entirely sure what that means, but let's see what we could do. So he said before the healing rooms opened, he would have the team come together. And he said, I invited the guitar player that I knew who carried the most joy and also was skilled to come and play because it's different to play versus to worship. So it wasn't just a skill thing. It was a, I need somebody who's both skilled and who worships. And so this person was playing and they just tried to see how, how can we try to bring more Holy Spirit presence into this place? And he said it didn't happen right away, but maybe five weeks in, he was listening to this man sing, just enjoying the presence of the Lord. And somebody tapped him on the shoulder and said, um, we were supposed to open 45 minutes ago. <laughs> and he opened his eyes and thought, wait a minute. Once we were so wrapped up in the Lord's presence that we forgot there were people waiting to be healed, that's when the breakthrough comes. And so with a great expectation, they went downstairs and they opened the door. And oh, this is so sweet. It's giving me goosebumps thinking about it. Ooh. 
When the first person crossed the threshold, his left ear had been deaf for years. I think it was like a gun had discharged close to it and blown out the eardrum. It immediately popped back into place. And then the week after that, there was some other... Oh, the week after that was a woman with four breast tumors that just vanished. And then the week after that, there was an eight-year-old girl who was legally blind. And she came in and before somebody could even pray for her, she was um, going over to look at something and realized that her vision was fuzzy. So she took her glasses off and she could read the fine print with no problem. And so that was, <laughs> that was how they were able to start having healings. <laughs> it's just, they figured out like, oh, it really isn't about us. <laughs> and he had such a funny story about how sometimes uh, he'll be praying for someone, you know, maybe he'll pray for him three times and the person doesn't get healed. And then he's like, okay, so we need to find a six-year-old or a child to pass by and say, oh, can you come over here and pray for this person? And then the person will be healed. And he said, oftentimes what happens is it's because the the person who's coming for the healing thinks that I'm the one doing it. <laughs> like, oh, you're the leader. Your prayers must be stronger. Instead of recognizing, oh no, it's actually the Lord that does it all. <laughs> and so it's a good reminder when the child comes and does the prayer instead of the the pastor or the, the healing minister, you know, the leader. And it was lovely to see this from the other side because during that conference, we also had a, a group, a class of second graders come in and they had asked the Lord beforehand, Lord, what pains are going to be in the room? And so they had little cards that they had created. And so they all read out, like I was feeling pain in my stomach or I had a brain tumor for 10 years or I have a pain in my left ankle. I have a pain in my right ankle. And so as you know, so some of them were pretty severe issues and some of them were just more casual. And so anybody who had those conditions was invited to stand up and the children went around the sanctuary praying and the rest of us also got to just pray and agreement with them. And what was precious is a day or two later, the teacher came in and said, you know, my class got back to their room and they were like, that was the best. Can we do that every day? And I mean, they're second graders. They have like energy. And the teacher said it was such a beautiful teaching moment because there's a reminder like <laughs> you were the vessel that the Lord used, but you didn't do the healing. And so there's like a preciousness of saying the Lord doesn't get mad if you accidentally take the credit for yourself because <laughs> you're eight. <laughs> Instead, it's like, oh, it was my pleasure to work with you in doing this. And then it's just this beautiful opportunity of saying, come and be a participant. And if you don't do it exactly right, or your theology is a little bit askew, that's actually fine. <laughs> there is time and space for the love of the Father to come and pour into you and correct, but also just release in greater measure. And so Jesus, I thank you that you give us space to operate. Oh, Lord, I thank you for how good you are, that we don't start off <laughs> knowing what we're supposed to be doing. I thank you, Lord, for the, the opportunity to partner with you in your work of redeeming the world, whether we're second graders or whether we're older. 
Lord, that whether we've got it all figured out, (laughs) as if any of us do. So, thank you, Jesus. We love you. Amen.